Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Design in a Half. Uh, there's been a small vacation for me, like one week I took some time off uh, because I wanted to get some rest and, and I don't know, just recharge for a little bit and, and see what I can come up with next. And um, today's topic is actually something that I think a lot of designers should think about often. And that is, do you even try to use your own designs or do you look at them from a user's perspective? And I think this is an interesting question to pose just because I figure that a lot of us designers have the tendency to um, idealize designs that we do and try to bring them over into an area which is more or less um, perfect perfection rather than being functional and, and seeing what exactly it is that it's missing. And I think the best way to approach uh, sort of this idealized type of design and, and to prevent it in a way is to use your own um, products and, and basically try to look at the things that you do from, from a user's perspective, from, a, from the perspective of a person who's actually going to consume whatever it is that you're doing. So for example, Let's say you're a product designer, a physical product designer, and you have to design a mouse because that's the project that your company is working uh, working on. And you've been t assigned this task. One of the things that I would do if, if I was such a designer is I would, I, I would actually think of the m mice that I currently possess or, or actually try to buy more mice uh, that are out there and, and study them and see what are some of their biggest shortcomings and see a lot of user reviews, a lot of people who are discontent with a lot of mice and see basically what those potential shortcomings are so that, that I could probably address them within my own product. And after having done such a design, I would then take my, my, my prototype product and, and use it for myself for about a week, a month, or even maybe even more than that, just because I think that it's it's a, it's a really good way to see whether your design works um, in in the real world or not. And obviously, this is not a way to skip user testing. It's it's really not, and it's not even um, an excuse to skip user testing. Now, what it is, it's actually a way for you as a designer to be in a way grounded, to be in a way more mm, cl closer to actually. Uh, the, the people that you're designing for and try to put yourself in that mindset in that uh, in that situation that the person you hope would use it um, is so that you can derive from the, the, the information that that uh, it gives you what sort of problems they are facing with and what sort of shortcomings that your, your design is, is basically um, presenting to everybody else. And I think this is equally valid for a lot of products. We can talk about mm, physical products. We can talk about digital products. It's all the same. All of the products that we um, as people design usually don't end up being dog fooded a lot. Like one of the companies that does dog fooding a lot is Google. And I know that for a fact because I have an ex-colleague of mine working there and he told me that Google uses the term 
um, uses their own devices that they produce to dog food amongst themselves to be able to to find out whatever problems and issues the general public might have whenever they release something and and consider it as as a ready for production for example and and i think they're doing the smart thing just because um, uh, taking a product and basically dog fooding it and, and dog fooding is a term that's being used um, in in the industry and basically what it says is it it's says it's saying that you should be eating your own dog food the, the one that you produce to be able to determine whether or not the dog food that you're producing is actually tasty or not obviously this is not necessarily the case with digital products but you, you get you get the you get the, the general idea of it and and the whole thing about dog fooding it is, is that it can be extrapolated and it can be used in a wider wider or a broader sense um, for digital products as well as physical products just because the concept in itself is the same it's basically trying your own products and seeing where they potentially might fail with the general public to be able to mitigate that failure before being in the situation that could produce those failures. For example, say you, you are producing those um, video boxes that are being attached to televisions and you wanna see how exactly they are working for, um, for a normal user. What you would probably do is take those things and, and bring them to your friends or your family and do field trials. And, and basically what those field trials are, you take those units, you give them to, to, to a lot of people and tell them, okay, I've just given you this. Your task to, to complete is basically unbox this device and make it functional. Put it in, put it on your TV, uh, configure it, make it, make it work, make it work. That's your basic task that you have to complete. And basically what those field trials are, are for, is to study what the behavior of the people and and is and and what the the biggest issues that they are faced with during those field trials and field trials are actually something which is really really common especially in in physical products as well as as, as electronics just because it's, it's a really good way to gauge um how or to gauge how, how how regular users could perceive your product whether it's super super difficult to configure it's it's approachable is it um, does it have any any defects basically and you would do that just by having a batch of products which are basically normal off-the-shelf products that you would normally ship to a, to a shop and sell and take those products and, and give them to other people, to, uh, to, to uh, family or friends or relatives or known ones or whatever, and give them to configure and, and basically use in a normal scenario like, the, like, like they would do otherwise, like anyone would do. That's, that's how you can basically tell if a product is going to be successful. And this, this mindset of testing stuff isn't necessarily only apply, uh, appliable to design, um, it's it's also applicable to testing. Sorry, not to testing, to development as well, because you in in development there's this concept of test-driven development, where you actually uh, create something, you you create a piece of code, you test it, and actually that's when it gets implemented or gets committed into the into the into the trunk 
where all of the information is stored and where where the production code is stored. It, it's sort of the same with design when when you're trying out different types of ideas to see whatever is working and whatever is not working. Uh, basically, dogfooding them when they, when they're in such an advanced stage is a good way to gauge success as well as potential failure points for a specific product. And I think in in um, in physical design as well as development, this is a concept that's really, really well embedded and has been so for a long time. Whereas, for example, if you're talking about UI design, if you're talking about UX design, if you're talking about, well, UX design, not so much because UX is actually more aimed towards uh, users. So not you're not necessarily one of them. You should probably be mm, more neutral in this, in this case scenario. However, for for UI design, you could just as well do um, with this and basically apply uh, that specific UI to a, to a prototype, skin it and make it semi-functional. Um, for example, use prototyping tools like uh, Prototyper or, or I don't know, Flint or whatever to create some sort of higher, higher type uh, prototype, interactive prototype that you can actually click and use and so on and so forth and see how exactly it is that, that that specific product reacts with other people as well. And I think nowadays uh, prototypes have been sort of dumbed down for quite a lot of people just because um, it, it's, it's sort of regarded as a, as a detractor from being able to produce um, or, or meet, meet your deadline. Obviously, this is, this is the case for smaller companies, not necessarily larger companies. So smaller companies don't really have the time and, and obviously the resources to pull um, prototypes off and, and make them as high detail as possible. They, they rather do them um, on, on a more s smaller scale. They just have clickable prototypes with small amounts of information, not very complex stuff and, and lot, not a lot of um, logical operators like ifs and buts and so on and so forth. No. Um, because they can't afford it just because they have to meet a specific deadline in a specific time set whereas smaller companies that have a larger bandwidth um, I feel like they might be able to pull this off but some of them just don't want to because one of uh, the things that I've noticed is that their design management is really bad and usually doesn't advocate for for the designers that they have and basically never listen to them Whatever they say, dude, let, let, let's create a prototype and test this out and see if it's really okay or not. And what, what ends up happening most of the cases is that high-end prototypes are not built and basically they are not used to do this test-driven design or development just because it, it, it it's basically a detractor from meeting your deadline. And, and in, in some way, I think, in, in development and, and product design, even digital product design, I think that uh, basically meeting your deadline has become considerably more important than how you're getting to that deadline and especially what those steps are to be able to get to that deadline. I think a lot of people have started to cut corners and to be able to produce significantly lower uh, quality results just because the process is no longer respected and there's basically no more processes that are being sort of uh, created for this 
um, because they are seen as detractors and basically showstoppers for some for some managers um, from being able to meet the deadline. So they would rather prefer they ship something which uh, which doesn't respect a specific um, workflow, a specific uh, way of doing things. I'd rather just meet the deadline and being to ship the whole thing and be over with rather than having to deal with, oh, we have a delay and so on and so forth, because that's considered as bad management and they would be the ones who would be sort of uh, drawing the short stick. And, and obviously, when you, have to, when you have to meet deadlines like that, that are very, very like close to, to each other, you have to, you have to cut corners. That's something that happens um, regardless of, of whatever company that we're talking about. And I think that in, in a lot of ways, smaller companies are, are no different than, than, than larger companies. The, the whole difference is that the scope is, is, is larger or smaller. And, and what I mean by that is the fact that smaller companies have smaller targets, if you will, in terms of money, and larger companies have larger uh, targets with, with higher profit margins in, in opposition to smaller companies, which obviously means that basically the behavior is similar, it's just the, 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 the breadth of the, of the uh, potential that they have is different in the sense that the, comp the, the larger companies have obviously more projects they can tackle with more people available at their disposal, whereas the smaller companies have, have way less people available to use for, for the projects. And obviously they can concentrate on more than probably two or three projects at a time which is different than, than, than those uh, larger companies. However, we were talking a little bit about dog fooding and I think um, designers really could really benefit from, from taking some time, um, basically putting whatever it is that they do on a shelf for a little while, doing something else, doing working on a different project and then coming back to that project that they were working on either the next day or after specific times, uh, after some time to be able to see that the, the, the project they were working on with a, diff a different set of eyes. And, and why? I think it's worthy to, to look at it from a different perspective because, because usually what happens is that looking from a different perspective reveals different issues that you might have with it, with that specific design with uh, things that you you didn't notice before and so on it's just useful for you as a designer to take some time off uh, do something else and and come back to whatever it is that you are doing and the project that you were tackling with uh, later on to be able to see it with a fresh pair of eyes and being able to determine what the shortcomings are um, and perhaps even building prototypes, especially if you're a UI designer, I think it's really worthy to work on improving your prototyping skills. And basically, if you have the, the affordability to do so, create high, high fidelity prototypes to be able to work on them and actually use them for a while or give someone else to use them out of your small circle of friends. I think it works wonders on you especially if you're thinking about talking to them and, and actually asking for their feedback about, well, how do you think this was? Well, what, what did you like? What did you hate about this thing? What did you love about this thing? What are, are things that you would change and why would you change them? Like that sort of approach, that, that UX approach 
of uh, researching uh, whatever it is that users are feeling about the and, and thinking about the, the 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 work that you've done is is really helpful to be able to create a uh, work which is basically tailored towards them rather than towards you that is very ideal and very um i know good looking but at the same time um doesn't help them on the long run and maybe even crosses some patterns that are uh, related to accessibility, uh, to contrast, to readability, and so on. Basically, whatever it is that um, that uh, would maybe impair usability, if you if you will. Okay, uh, I hope you really like this topic, and if you would like me to expand on the subject, please let me know, uh, comment on it, and and I'll basically create another video on this and. Maybe expand the subject more if you think it's worthy and, and you would like to know more about this. Uh, having said that, I wish you have an amazing evening. I would like to thank you so much for sticking with me for so far. Uh, leave a comment or a thumbs up if you want to and subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed it. Goodbye, guys.